0: Hey there, and welcome back to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast. I'm Ron Powell McLean, meditation teacher and Buddhist enthusiast. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that I'm here and that we get to connect in this way. I'm ever grateful for the growing community that keeps downloading the podcast so i'm just having a little little love fest with with you and everybody who's who's really given us a a listen so welcome welcome into my home if you hear aurora my dog (laughs) barking at something that just means it's normal (laughs) that it's it's monday and that's what she's gonna do it was funny last night, was the Super Bowl, and although I'm not, I'm not a huge sp- sports enthusiast. I have a respect for um, athletics and the game and all of that. And you know, I'm in the Kansas City area, so the Kansas City Chiefs are the hometown team, and you know, we've got we've got to cheer them on. <laughs> or <laughs> we can cheer them on, we have an option. Um, but I was here at home by myself and I did make myself some, some healthy little um, kind of appetizer, <laughs> snacks to eat, some stuffed mushroom caps, um, nothing ridiculously crazy or anything, and, and some popcorn um, because that is my jam. I love popcorn. So anyway, I kicked back on the couch and um, Aurora was with me and it's been really cold here. Of course, my idea of really cold might be, you know, warm to someone uh, north (laughs) from here, but it's been about like seven degrees. I think it's seven degrees tonight again, and um, the roads are snowy and there's nowhere to go. And so what better to do than watch um, the chiefs and the the bucks run around in Florida where it's warm. So it was pretty fun. Um, however, um, Aurora is incensed by um, loud sounds. And, um, you know, if I... <laughs> cheered, cheered on to run, 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 or go, 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 then she got upset and would leap onto me and bury her adorable little head in my neck um, to soothe me. I think she was either a really good emotional support animal in a previous life, or she was a really, really excellent mom. (laughs) So I can't help but just be um melty i melt when she jumps on me and tries to get me to calm down not realizing that my um my loud sounds were joyful (laughs) she didn't get it so it was not as fun of a night for her and of course we didn't really win but um You know, this was our second year at it, and last year we won, and, you know, like they say, you win some, you'll lose some, and that's just okay, and you still put forth a nice, firm effort, I think. I read a quote earlier, actually, that says, do your utmost, no matter who gains or loses. I don't know who wrote that, but I think it's excellent advice. So we didn't win and it's freezing cold out. And I have spent the last week, um, revising my resume and applying for a new job and interviewing. I got called for four different interviews and they've all asked for second interviews now. So I guess the the <laughs> the, the resume uh, redo was a good idea because um, I haven't had any any prospects like that in a while, and they're all you know pretty good positions. I'm I'm optimistic that I'll find a really good fit, and maybe still hopefully get to work from home, which is certainly my preference and even more so in this last year with our crazy COVID condition. Although I will say that I'm, I probably, I'm less anxious about COVID now that I've had the virus and although it, it truly did suck. Um, And I know it sucked for sucks for other people worse um, my husband certainly had it three times as bad as I did I was a little worried um, because he was so sick so but we are we are back to pretty much normal I'm I'm pretty happy for that and I think I mentioned last week that or maybe it was the week before that my memory, um, and my attention span seemed to be waning a bit after I was sick. Um, and I really was having some, some good difficulty with my, um, even my meditation practice. So I feel like I'm back to, to myself and, um, you know, kind of my norm in that, I'm a chronic meditator, so I'm, you know, on the cushion um, or on the couch or, you know, sometimes I'll lay down and do that, but I've also included a, started doing a, a yoga practice. I'm doing the five Tibetan rites, which is new for me. Um, so it's all it's all kind of coming together, I think, um, and, and improving um, along with, I, I mentioned last week, I have been doing NUM, uh, the uh, nutrition program, um, for about a month and I've lost 15 pounds. So I'm, I'm kind of happy. Everything seems to be going in a positive direction. But, you know, I've been, <laughs> as I've been practicing, my meditation and trying to get back to, you know, a good stable sitting practice, because that really, it did really take a, a little bit of a, a toll um, where I was having trouble keeping my attention in the moment. Doing a lot of what I call time traveling, thinking about the past um, not so much thinking about the future, but definitely reliving some some past things. and specifically, I'll share with you, my friends, that, you know, I've like all of us, I've had some friendships that ended poorly. Um, and shockingly, I have a number of them that, were, you know, buddhist sangha mates and brothers and sisters and aunties and and I have lost them in ways and some of them were really nasty. And I I do a pretty good job of putting that where it belongs, but over this time period over the last, you know, I guess we were diagnosed the maybe the fifteenth of January. So it's not quite a month now, but um, over this time period, and when I was sick, I was really dwelling on and ruminating on those those lost friendships and the the misdeeds and. Um, I think maybe that came up because I do a good job of putting it where it goes, but I don't know that I've really looked at it for what it is. And what I mean by that is when, when we endeavor to understand others, I will always say that we must learn about ourselves first. So, in forgiving someone for their misdeeds, you must learn to forgive yourself for your own misdeeds. I must learn and understand what it means to forgive myself so that I can understand how to forgive others and not just give a pass to and sometimes we i'm making air quotes but you know sometimes we forgive someone because we're just tired of it we're tired of keeping up the the status of grief that goes with it and the feeling of hurt And often when we can forgive someone, especially if they're not active in our lives anymore, that we just tuck it away and we tuck it away in the past. And that's worth whatever it's worth. Um, Sometimes, you know, depending on the trauma that may go with it, um, maybe sometimes that's a good idea. I try to remind myself to live in the present moment, because I know this is the moment that everything is happening. Everything is arising now in this moment. So, in these, the thoughts of these relationships of these people that I held dear and still do in in a way i've of course as i've put things where they belong i've also stopped the stopped lighting the match i'm just going to say that, that that i stopped lighting the match of affection that i may have once felt for these individuals and i know as i'm recovering from this and this virus the illness and getting back to myself i can't ignore that these memories started surfacing i think it's a you know A certain sign that I haven't put things where they actually belong and you know how I'm a I'm a fairly organized person um and I I like things to be in their place and I get a little ask my husband I get a little upset if the you know if the spatula isn't in the drawer where the spatula goes (laughs) But sometimes in organizing, there's overflow. You know, if you take that idea of, I think the saying is that it's a place for everything and everything in its place. And sometimes there's overflow that doesn't fit. And we don't know exactly where to put it. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I grew up with a junk drawer (laughs) usually, usually was in the kitchen and junk drawer was just miscellaneous things that didn't really have a home, but you didn't want to completely lose them. So they went into the junk drawer. And I think that these situations and these people and the things that occurred have ended up in the proverbial junk drawer. And now it's time to clean things out. And I I won't say I struggle, but I'm I'm certainly pondering the idea of whether there is contact that needs to be made, you know, to you know, make any amends from my side. But I don't want, I don't think I want to, mm, I, I just felt my own wall go up. I was just thinking, I don't think I want them to respond. <laughs> but that's the easy way, right? So if I light the match and write an email or make a call or whatever, reach out cause and effect and it will incite a potential reaction from someone else anyone else and that uh, I should I should clarify and say that there's you know there's a handful of people that um, that are all clustered together and then there's a couple other individuals that are in their own right, um, gone. And, you know, it's like breaking up with somebody. You, You think about, you have good memories, I guess, and bad memories if you break up. And sometimes you think, ah, it would be really nice to connect and have someone who knows me that much. And other times that you think No, I'm going to put up walls all the way around and you're not going to be able to get over. I have, um, you know, some, some connections, even with my, my exes. Um, I think I, I speak to my exes, not, not on a frequent basis, but um, you know, we're on speaking terms and It all seems to be good there. So none of these people are exes. They're Dharma brothers and sisters and an auntie, very specifically, that I miss them, and I miss the friendship and the connection that we had from our Dharma pursuits but i'm also very hurt by their actions so i'm saying this because i'm telling you that i am i'm also utilizing these same teachings that i share with you and sometimes when i speak about dharma I'm speaking to myself because I need to hear it as much as the next. But when I think about people that are on the other side specifically, and I'm not talking about crossed over, you know, uh, dead, but I'm talking about people who are maybe on the, the not so nice list or the enemy list or whatever you want to call it um, that there is some resistance there. And to be fully awake, we have to wish and we need to wish for all beings to live without suffering. And that includes the people that did us wrong. Or that we feel did us wrong or even hurt us. Sometimes on, on Sundays when I'm giving the Dharma talk, I I use the the example of you know the political figures that show up on, on our news on our news feeds acting badly and inciting a reaction that I know there are a number of our, our Kansas City Sangha and the Sangha that's, that's tuning into the digital Dharma um, each weekend that is struggling with that, struggling specifically with, you know, ex-presidents and new presidents and who did what wrong and all of that and not that I don't have opinion about that but it's it's not relevant but I know that I know that there are some folks that are really struggling with it and struggled for four years and we talked about it you know before or after services when we were having you know in person services and i i can see the i can see the pain i can see the suffering and how do i let that go and what can i do to to fix it and make things better and relieve my own suffering and the suffering of others and it's a that's a big ask but you know i'm a i'm a fair-skinned um, red-headed <laughs> person who burns, sunburns easily, and I have learned when to get out of the sun and to avoid the sun to keep from getting burned and how to how to negotiate life with some intentional perspective. And I think a lot of that political drama is is just unnecessary and unnecessary for us to tap into each and every day so a lot of my the point is a lot of my talks will include the hint at least of that relationship and that suffering but there's a suffering that is much closer to us To each of us, because there have been people who just were not of benefit to us. And my biggest point here is that for us to fully evolve and fully enlighten, fully awaken, that we have to figure out how to actually deal with those things in the light. So we have to stop throwing things in the junk drawer when we don't know what to do with it. We have to figure out what does it mean to have loving kindness and compassion and equanimity and enthusiastic and sympathetic joy for others as well as ourselves. We have to figure out how to do that. In an authentic way and when we do there's just i like to say it's like a you know let's it's like a membrane that breaks and we transcend what was a confined space into a vastness and inclusiveness that when we when we look at bodhicitta there's two pieces there's two sides of it there's relative bodhicitta and there's absolute bodhicitta and so we can practice and and try to grok it in two different ways one or the other maybe one sings to you and one doesn't one's easier to understand than the other so i know for for many the relative direction, so that means you know, relative means that we're, you know, that we're, that we're managing it from our personal human perspective. So this is how it feels from my my human perspective to have loving kindness, compassion, etc., and this awakened heart mind that is bodhicitta that I understand what it means as a feeling, as an emotion, as a piece of my experience. So relative means that. Ultimate means that everything is inclusive. And when I love, and when I have joy, it is transcendent to all beings, and that we don't there is no way in the absolute to hoard that sort of thing. We get very caught in our hoarding and protecting in the relative self. So for me, the, you know, the approach through absolute gets me there and, you know, others, you know, my, some of my senior students are, you know, are really gravitating toward the the relative approach to bodhicitta. And either works. One will lead to the other. One leads to the other. So understand that, you know, as we develop this bodhicitta, as we develop this loving kindness, compassion, and the awakened heart mind that comes with it, the awakened heart mind that says, when I reach enlightenment and when I have quelled my suffering, that I offer that to you as well, even those people that have hurt me. And that can be tough, especially when we get in that, that narrative in our heads where we are judging and criticizing of others. It doesn't feel like we should be including those individuals in our generosity. But altruistically generous means that I'm sharing it without stipulation, without expectation. And the hope for me is in offering that up and I'm starting to include these individuals, seeing their faces in my mind, hearing their voices, maybe endeavoring to feel some affection. That in doing so and including them into my practice, I'm inviting them in to share that, which I find beneficial as well, that ease and comfort and calm that I get to in my practice. So it's been a little bit of a a little bit of a challenge. And I suppose that it is showing up because it needed to show up and it was going to show up whether I planned it or not. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting that it came up in, in the fever. Actually, I didn't have a fever, but the I had fever dreams like, as if I had a fever, but never actually happened. Um, but it's interesting to me that when I was sick and exhausted that the dreams that I had and the thoughts, the waking thoughts that I had after were about some of these situations and unresolved conflict and hurt. It's interesting to me that out of everything, that's what came up. So I'm listening. (laughs) I'm certainly listening and practicing. And I hope that's helpful in in your pursuit as well. We really, if you're not doing this daily You need to do this daily i can't say that enough just sitting not trying to do anything not trying to fix anything not trying to you know uncover the the golden door to enlightenment but simply just to slow down and feel the ease and calm available that is in this very moment each and every moment i say a lot that this moment that we're in right now is the most important moment every moment that we are actually alive and in is the most important moment so it's it's very difficult I think, to define the beginning and the end of a moment so I don't try. I let it be wide, and I let it be tall and deep and allow everything in that is here and now. And try to let all those things just come and go. Let them be. Understand that they are both insignificant and significant they're both our experience is both relative and absolute so i try to just sit in ease that that is happening and it's okay and there's no need for me to try to control things but just point point my attention the source right here and now this is where the source is right here and now this is the living moment so the past comes from the living moment the future will arrive in the living moment so it is the source and it is the connection and it is the thing that connects each and every one of us because we're all awake and alive in this moment, hearing each other, seeing each other, feeling. So practice every day, sit on a seat and just practice keeping your, your attention in the present moment and just watch your breath. If you need to watch your breath, That's happening in this moment, right? It's an easy thing to watch. I was sort of um, recovering my attentive awareness after being sick, and I was just using breath counting as a method because I, I know its complexity and its simplicity. And what I mean by that is We think, oh, I can, I can count my breaths. That's, that's easy. So you breathe in and then breathe out and that's one and you breathe in and you breathe out and that's two. And then you breathe in and you breathe out and that's three. And it's okay when the thoughts that sort of try to arise are unimportant or uninteresting. And we can think, yep, just let that go. Five, breathe in, breathe out, six, breathe in, breathe out, seven, and then, oh, what's for dinner? And breathe in and breathe out. and Oh, shoot, what was my, what what number was that? (laughs) When you're having trouble with your attentiveness, your attention in the moment, that's what it looks like. And it seems frustrating as I'll get up. So, my, you know, my goal is always to stay with that counting of breath, um, at least to twenty-one. If I can get to twenty-one, I can, I can kind of, you know, think that I'm all right. But I remember also starting out trying to count breaths years ago and i had a my first mala which was i still have it and it's the most terrible mala ever i bought it because it someone had doused it with sandalwood oil and it smelled beautiful and i ran across in this little shop in safety harbor florida and i just had to have it um i didn't know what it meant i didn't know what it was for i had a um uh, I had a rosary practice as a Catholic, so it kind of looked like, you know, an exotic rosary, which it is. Um, but I bought this first one, and when I would travel, especially when I was flying, um, I would I would feel a lot of ang- anxiety and a lot of um, anger. Um, I would get very short-fused, um, especially like flying in the winter when oh, we're just going to pull the plane over here and put some de-icer on and we'll be right out to the thing. Nope. You pulled over and put the de-icer on and we got out of line. And now it's going to be two hours until we even take off and you're going to have to go back again and de-ice. And the woman in the, in the seat next to you is trying to strike up a conversation and you you can picture it. So my views would get, very short and I would get very angry and totally get in my head and the dialogue would just be vicious. So I would take this mala with me and I would sniff it, smell it, ah, calmness. There's a smell of calm. And then I would take one beat at a time and I would try to breathe in and breathe out and keep my, my attention there and calm And I really couldn't get past one bead and it was so (laughs) frustrating, but eventually, you know, I learned, I learned actually not to try to practice that when I was stressed out, but practice it in times when I was feeling calm and I was feeling peace and I could feel what it would be like to be attentive and aware enough that I was present and that shifted things. And then when things get crazy, then you can utilize what you learned when things are calm. This is why we meditate. We close the door and we sit on cushions and we you know, try to block out the sounds and the thoughts and all that and just let things come and go it's for practice for when things suck <laughs> so keep that in mind and practice every day each and every day and if you need if you need some guidance with that reach out find me or find another meditation teacher um, you know my e- email address is always all over everything u r g y e n p a w o at gmail.com just email me directly and, I'll, and I can help you. Um, I also lead a, you know, about a 10 or 15 minute meditation each afternoon. It's two thirty central time, um, here in the U S. And, um, so you can find me on Facebook, go to backyardbuddhist.com or backyard Buddhist. Yeah. You can go to backyardbuddhist.com, but that'll get you to the podcast. Um, you can go to Facebook or you can go to Instagram or you can go to YouTube and look for me, look for Backyard Buddhist, um, and you'll find me and you can meditate with me uh, six days a week. And then I practice the long practice um, on Sunday mornings at nine thirty. So I'm there to help. I also have a program on teachable. So you can go to cultivate and that's where my, uh, 21 day meditation program is. And there's 20 minutes of guided meditation on each day. And then they're, you know, kind of shuffled around and there's a little bit of a thought you can read each day. Um, so it's all there. Oh, and if you go to that one, use the, use the code start now, um, So, as a listener, you get, I'm giving you 50% off. So it's like $19 or something. I'm not sure if you can get cheaper than that for a 21 day program for 20 minutes a day. And you don't have to do it for the full 20 minutes, but you can. So, I want you to meditate every day. You can meditate with me. You can meditate with yourself. You can meditate with others. You can meditate with other teachers. Find a way to really find stillness in your life each and every moment. Each and every moment, because why? Because we're gonna have moments that suck and we're still gonna need to be able to find that ease and calm so that we are not just reactive balls of fire. So, hope this has been helpful for you and I'll be back again next week if you have questions or you have thoughts please email me and or message me on one of the social media platforms and ask your question bring it up here if it's you know if it's a great question for everybody or if you just need some some extra coaching I'm right there too so Be safe, be warm wherever you are. It's seven degrees here. So be warm where you are, be warm in your your heart of hearts. Try to forgive yourself and others. And I'll be doing the same thing. So I'll see you soon. Remember to be present in this very important moment. There's no other moment like it, and it's the most important moment ever. Bye now.